Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, a special shout-out to Thomas McCaskill for turning 24 today. Uh, Thomas works up at uh, Rogers Place on uh, game nights, uh, helps out the uh, guys with the PR team during the course of the game. Going back to, uh, and we're going to have this day in Oilers history a little bit later on. Brendan, I got a totally obscure, useless trivia question that we're going to have some fun with people. Can you name which uh, later to be prominent female singing star sang the Star Spangled Banner on this date in 19, uh, would have been 92. The Oilers had lost to the Hawks. The Hawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins played game one of the Stanley Cup final. And this individual uh, sang the Star Spangled Banner, and suffice to say, she has gone on and had a hugely successful uh, singing career. She's even been on a couple of shows where they like they sit there and evaluate. I think she was on The Voice. Okay, so it wasn't Roseanne. It was not Roseanne. No, I said hugely successful. This person can really sing. Okay, <laughs> uh, she can really sing. Uh, she had a song um, hmm, about four or five years ago. No, it was longer than that. It would have been about like 13, 14 at the American Music Awards. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, can you name the... Uh, so Pittsburgh was playing the Chicago Blackhawks. She's from Pittsburgh, the singer. And she can belt it out. So... Uh, anyhow, that's... Uh, and I, I mentioned this. I'll tell you what happened. Somebody sent me... Are you familiar with, um, obviously, everybody's got Kyle Dubas. Have you heard about this campaign that's gone, gone on uh, with Dubas? Apparently, he was in, there's some sort of Mitch t-shirts that are out there. And he was on the NHL Network today doing an interview in basically what's a Pittsburgh Penguins something Mitch shirt, Kyle Dubas. And it's got everybody sort of all freaked out in Pittsburgh right now that it's inevitable. And it probably is inevitable that Dubas will be. Uh, Kyle Dubas, uh, NHL Network. Something about, I got a buddy named Mitch, Mitch Jewell. You've met him before. Um, but what the heck's the thing? Okay, it's not coming up as that. But. Apparently, he was adorned in a Pirates-themed T-shirt today on the NHL Network. So that's got everybody. And then I came across. Uh, did we get the uh, correct trivia answer, by the way? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Who's saying uh, the from Pittsburgh, from the Pittsburgh area? The we do not have. Oh, we finally got it. I think Landon got it. No, he he had Marie. It's, now it's now there's coming in super fast and furious and I've screwed up the entire tempo and pace of the show. We can do this because we've pre-taped pre-taped uh, Craig Conroy coming up, but we will tell you that Christine Aguilera was the correct answer. What was that song? Oh, say, say Something? Was that the song that she did with uh, at the American Music Awards where she just killed it? Unbelievable voice. So she sang in game one of the Stanley Cup final back in 92 between the Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. Alright, well, we, let's get right to it. Uh, happy birthday to Thomas, and we are going to go to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And here is our one-on-one -on -one conversation with the new general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. Well, Craig, maybe just, and I know it's been a couple days now, but just uh, just a thought on, you know, how excited you are about the opportunity, um, uh, you know, to sort of grow this Calgary Flames organization in a new role for you as the GM. 
you know, obviously it's a dream come true for me. Uh, you know, didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but now that I'm here, uh, just so excited. I mean, looking forward to it. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, busier than I ever thought, but it's been fun. We had our amateur meetings the last three days, and we just had a kind of debrief on what went on with the, the Wranglers and just moving forward here. So, you know, we got a lot of work to do, obviously, with the coaching search and, and different things. But, you know, just trying to reach out and connect with people and, and get, get, get a little more com- comfortable with the job. So it's, uh, it's a learning curve for sure. Uh, some guys during the All-Star break, uh, they want to go away, uh, you know, to Hawaii or to Mexico. I wanted to go to Calgary to go see Bakersfield play the Wranglers. Uh, you had a great farm team down there, and that's that's part of what you did. And I guess when, when I look at Calgary, like, look, you guys finished 16th in the regular season. You, fin- you finished ahead of Florida. Sometimes it's never quite as bad as some people think, and sometimes it's not quite as good as everybody thinks it is. Well, and and you have to sort of maintain a sense of uh, you know balance because you guys did do some really good things from an organizational perspective, including you know having putting together a pretty good uh, uh, product for your American Hockey League team. Well, I mean, you know, we're obviously going in the season. We're excited. We're you know, everybody felt like this is a playoff team. We really believe that. And as the season went along, there was, you know, we underachieved at times. And in the end, we didn't make it. But you're right. We, it wasn't as far off, but it wasn't exactly what I expected either. I mean, it was disappointing because, you know, you, you talk to guys just like we're disappointed. They were disappointed in themselves. So the one good thing is we know, hey, at the end of the year meetings, they're ready to go. They're like, okay. I wasn't good enough. They're not pointing fingers at anybody. They're kind of looking in the mirror and saying, hey, that's on me. And, you know, it starts with Markstrom. He was, you know, he's hard on himself. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be back next year. I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to have a good year. You know, and when you hear that from the goalie, you know, we're in that thing. We said, hey, it's not all on you. This is a team game. This is to a man. We were not good enough. And next year, you know, coming back, obviously there's going to be a new coach, uh, you know, the guys that have come in are now been here a year, and hopefully, uh, you know that helps them. That's gonna that's gonna make a big difference. It really is. The Oilers saw firsthand uh, the benefit of hiring an internal candidate that knew their players. Uh, Jay Woodcroft. I'll give you a stat: the Oilers are second in the NHL since he became the head coach, February tenth, twenty twenty two, in the regular season. They got the second best record in the league since that's happened. Uh, you guys have had a, a real strong program, uh, and you got a coach that's been a multiple time coach of the year in the A. Are sometimes maybe some of the solutions right in front of you? Because certainly that appears to be the case when the Flames hired you as GM. Well, that's a great stat. I didn't know that. That's uh, That helps me in my thought process, too. But you know what? You're right. I think knowing, being in the organization, knowing what's going on, feeling comfortable with our young players. And I have mentioned, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to start getting some young players in the lineup. It, it does give, uh, you know, all our internal candidates a kind of leg up. You know, because you look at what they've done, each and every one of them, and, you know, obviously Mitch for the last two years, uh, amazing job. You know, we're not with the Wranglers. It's it's uh, sometimes you can overthink it, and I'm, I'm trying not to do that. I mean, I know who, people I like out there, and then when we have our, have our uh, interview process, I think that's going to make a big difference. That's going to be a big thing in my mind, weighing in for sure. We're joined by the new general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers now. Uh, Craig, you do have uh, some players that are going into the last year of their deals. And I mean, a couple of them are, you know, 
uber important for the organization, including two guys that were acquired in a lopsided trade, as it turned out, in Calgary's favor uh, by your predecessor, Brad Trill. I mean, he did a very good job. Um, how many, I would assume, have you talked to, since becoming the GM, have you talked to all the sort of, uh, you know, the, the key parts of uh, your guys' lineup in terms of where their headspace is at moving forward? Yeah, you know, I have. And, and they had a lot of questions, you know, even who's the coach. I don't have all the answers for you guys right now. But, uh, you know, those are priority guys. And eventually, once it slows down here, I want to touch base with everybody in the team. But definitely have already reached out to those guys, you know, we have good relationships, and now I got to see: Do they want to be Calgary Flames for long term? And the one good thing is, I think they're going to be honest with me. They're going to let me know one way or the other. Uh, they have a lot of questions. They want to know where the team's going, who's going to be the coach, and I said so. It's going to take a little while to maybe get those answers for them, but I'm looking forward to uh, really having those discussions moving forward. One thing I noticed with your prospects, and maybe it was in some of those rookie games over the years, is you, your players. Uh, seem to have a high level of compete in their game. It was obviously an emphasis uh, from uh, the organization. And even, like, you had to make a, a tough call on the, the, the club did with Matthew Kachuk. There's a lot of guys out there that got skill, but you still have to have the will. And don't get me wrong, I you know, I have as much time for analytics and all that stuff as any broadcaster out there. But is that part of the modus operandi and the identity of the Flames is that they do value competitiveness in players? you have to be competitive. If you're going to win, you're watching the playoffs. The competitive players are having success. You know, if you want an easy game, when you get to the playoffs, it's not going to be easy. So, we, you know, that's always been an emphasis from Brad, Brian Burke before, and Jay Feaster. we got to have people with, you know, high hockey sense and very competitive. And if you usually have both, you have a very good player. And, you know, unfortunately, we're watching some of our players in Florida right now doing exactly that. So, you know, it's just we got to continue getting those guys and finding those players, and that's really going to happen through the draft. And we just had our amateur meeting. So, you know, like you just said it, probably better than I could that, hey, you know what, that is a huge criteria we look for, and it's going to continue to be that way moving forward. How much do you guys value or how much you personally value analytics? You know what, I like analytics, and I think everything, I love scouts, I love analytics, I think we put it all together, and it's like you, you kind of put the picture together, you know, with it. If there's something, the one thing analytics, it kind of tracks every game, and scouts can only be at certain places. Are there guys that are popping somewhere that maybe we don't know? And if they are, then it said, okay, let's get scouts in there to watch them. So I think it's a combination. You know, they're both, they both have to work together. And as the Atlantic, as the analytics keeps continuing to get better, I think it's going to be exciting to see where it goes. But I still think I like eyes on the ground. I trust my, my reads. And like you said, you cannot, you can't judge a person's heart through analytics. And that's a big part of it. And that's still what we're looking for. Did you go to Wolfville last year to the Youth Sports National Championships? You and Brad Pascal, were you guys both there for that? Yeah, we sure did. Sure yeah. did. Well, and Noah Phillip was the that was the guy to go get, and he obviously had a pretty good year in the American League. I think he finished top ten in the league and even strength goals for rookies. And I just I mentioned that because you talked about having boots everywhere, and to me that's an illustration, and that's part of the grind, isn't it? It is. You know, we, we, we were lucky enough to get his brother. Uh, we didn't we didn't get him. We tried. I totally get it. But, yeah, you have to be everywhere. I mean, you don't know where a player is going to come from. You don't, I don't discount any league. You know what? Some people are just late bloomers. So to just kind of write off an area, 
you're doing yourself a disservice, in my opinion. And I said, hey, if, if there's a good player out there, we, we want to find him. And I don't care where he plays. So you played in, in, in time, and look, you had success. You guys had your own run back in 04. We were part of a, you know, I watched the surprise run by the Oilers in 06. Um, and I have a theory when it comes to coaching. And I, I wonder, you know, as a guy that's in the position to make the decision, do you want your, do you want the coach to uh, whose philosophy is to score the next goal or stop the next goal from being scored? <laughs> I kind of said, even as a player, I like discipline and structure from special real real structure from the red line back into our zone. Yeah, because I just think it, it takes a lot of the second guessing out of it. But then when we get over the red line. I want them to be creative, and especially now, even when I played the hooking and holding and, and the way the game was, the players are so good right now that I want them to be creative. I want them to be able to, to score goals. But I do. I still think you need to keep them on the net, out of the net and that structure, but you got to give them that offensive freedom to, to do what they do best and be creative. So it's not a perfect answer, but... You know, I still think you, you got to keep them out. And you look, goaltending is the key. Uh, you watch the playoffs. It's sometimes a lot of one nothing games. You know, it's it comes down to playing defense. But I still want to be able to score goals because, you know, nobody ever wins the game. Zero zero. You know, we need to we need to find some goals out there. Uh, people, and I'm a little bit older than you, uh, Craig, but and I lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, and toughness and character to have played in the Western League, let alone the NHL or or a place like Clarkson. But uh, you know, the reality of the situation is that today is a completely different world in terms of how we work with everybody and how important is it? Because I'm sure not every coach that you had along the way positively reinforced but we are at a different place aren't we that you just can't sit there and and, and constantly drone away from a negative uh, perspective so is there a way that you can have you know standards instead of maybe rules and 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 have a you know create the most positive culture that you can and is that something maybe that the flames are looking to build here for sure i mean we want to you know i've always believes i always had fun coming to the rink and obviously the the coaches i had they they told me what to do and i did it and that's just the way i grew up i just you know i didn't question anything it's a little bit different now you're absolutely right that people you know they want to be more involved they want to but we also want to have some fun here in calgary but you know the one thing i'm not going to go you have to hold players accountable and the players in general want to be accountable they really do they they want to have rules and they want to have you know they want to have a little bit of leeway to have fun but when it comes time if they're not doing something i think the coach has to have the hammer and he has to make the players accountable but i'm all for fun and having a good time and as long as my team's competing and working hard every night we're not going to win every game but as long as the effort's in there and that's that's what i'm hoping our coach i want a coach that can kind of inspire and lead and you know guys that want to just not because he's yelling at them because they want to do it for him because they respect him and, and he's kind of that, that visionary guy with them uh you know i'm just quickly looking at your your, your salary structure here I, I see five top six forwards because in a perfect world to me coleman and uh Backlund are on the third line would you guys like to find a way to add a top six uh or is that something that might happen organically with one of your players coming up <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about adding. That's what we, we're looking for—a top six. We were hoping for a top six all year. We're trying; it just didn't work out. Brad worked as hard as he could to do that. It's—it's it's not as you wish it was a little easier than, right. <laughs> than it was. But for us, we know. Uh, 
you know, and hopefully it, internal would be great because then it would, you know, it would make a huge difference. But you're right. I think we have five forwards, and then uh, if we could add one, that's that's on the bucket list for sure. And I know you've spoken about this final question. How important is it for the Flames to have a captain this year? Big time. You know what? I think a Canadian market, you just can't say how much it means. you got to have a voice for the team. you got to have a, a go-between between the coach and, and the players. And it's great. Hey, we're going to have a leadership group. But to actually have a captain, uh, I've always had one. In Montreal, St. Louis. Thank you. <laughs> Montreal, St. Louis. It's just... The Canadian team especially needs a captain, so that's that's a priority for sure for me. That is Calgary Flames General Manager Craig Conroy. It's 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up the show with the Stay in Order's history when we return. The Mitch Palooza t-shirt for the Pittsburgh Pirates is for Mitch Keller, and that is what Kyle Dubas wore today on the NHL Network, which has got everybody in Pittsburgh thinking that Dubas is coming out as he waits to see what happens in Ottawa. Time will tell. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more, including their new boneless wings. Eight for $13.95, 16 for $25.95. You can visit royalpizza.ca where they stop for recommendations of Mediterranean chicken. 14 Edmonton and area locations for you. To this day in Oilers history, for New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979, book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Now, I will mention... Uh, we opened the show talking about a year ago today, the Oilers knocked off the Calgary Flames, the McDavid overtime winner. But the Oilers also won a Stanley Cup on this date. Here's Brendan Escott. Sure did. Uh, back in 1988, the Oilers becoming the first NHL team to record 11 home wins in one playoff run. They beat Boston 6-3 in Game 5, take home the Stanley Cup, the last Cup win, of course, with Wayne Gretzky on the team. Won the Conn Smythe that year uh, with 43 points in 19 playoff games. Steen River. That's where I watched the game. Steen River. Uh, this family was nice enough to bring uh, four Oilers fans that were working up for Suga Reforestation up in Steen River, right near the Northwest Territories border. Let us watch that game. And it was over. Late in the second period. I remember as a Gretzky finding, was it Gretzky finding Ticketing? The saddle and Ed or Ticketing? Yeah, and the Oilers were off and it was over. It was a blowout. Of course, it was a weird year because there was a game in Boston that wasn't completed that year. Reid Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight. Here's Brennan Escott. Sure does. You will hear from me. We will uh, set thing, things up on the football season. Of course, the game coming up uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Elks and Blue Bombers at home. We also have uh, Cam Moon coming up for a little Memorial Cup talk. Again, Kamloops hosting Quebec. Monday, NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling and for Contract Equipment Limited. Edmonton sporting icon, the former heavyweight champ of the National Hockey League, George LaRock. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Ched with Chelsea Bird, 3 to 6. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Back at Judd Monday.